Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the World History uh, Review for the first semester final exam. Uh, remember that this is a county test and you know they don't give us much access to this stuff. So you know, we're covering the AKS that they told us to cover um, and kind of the, the items that are on there. So I'm gonna run through the review. Um, this was put together pretty hastily. So uh, you know, uh, hopefully you can get something out of it. All right, so if you wanna have the review out, most of you should have a copy. Uh, if you don't, uh, it is attached to the E-Class page. You can grab it there uh, to follow along, which might be a good idea. Uh, so you have the questions here in front of you. All right. But anyways, let's get going. Uh, number one says to compare and contrast the manual system and the feudalism. So the manual system, that was the um, they kind of concentrated on agriculture and craft production and had uh, uh, people living on it and, and things like that. Feudalism was the kind of the legal obligation uh, that the vassals had to the, the nobles uh, and living on and working on the land and, and things like that. All right. Number two, what was the role of a peasant during the Middle Ages? Uh, pretty much agricultural workers uh, or whatever it might be they were doing. <laughs> they would uh, they would work for the lords. The lords would rent out the land to the peasants in exchange for labor um, and things like that. So that was that was the, the life of a of a peasant back then was they. They worked on the farms and the, the lands and or whatever it is the nobles needed them to. Number three says what who uh, what kingdom does Charlemagne rule during the Middle Ages? All right, so he's going to rule much of Western Europe from about 768 to 18 uh, to 814. I don't think you got any dates, but there they are anyways. Uh, in 771, he became king of the Franks uh, and uh, some other parts of uh, some Germanic tribes in Belgium and France and some other places. But the main thing is he, he ruled much of Western Europe. And then the other part of three says, what were some of his accomplishments as a leader? Uh, first off, he united most of Western Europe for the first time since the Roman Empire. So that's huge. They have been pretty split. Uh, he's the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, he was a devout Christian and took steps to spread that religion uh, across his empire. Uh, he gave money and land to the Christian church and protected the Pope. So a lot of, uh, he did a lot of good for the, the Christian church. Uh, and then he had a, a standardized currency, uh, which helped out uh, commerce. All right. Number four, define feudal monarchy. This is kind of a weird one. Um, feudal monarchs typically had very limited power. And that power could sometimes be challenged by uh, other groups like the church, uh, some of the major guilds, which is the uh, the workers kind of gathered together. Um, they ruled along almost alongside the nobles and the, the lords and, and some of those people uh, because that's where they got their power from. Uh, so it's kind of a, a weird relationship, but um, the, the 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 vassals and the the lords would would give them, you know, military service and, and things like that, along with some of the, the work on the land and whatnot. All right, number five deals with uh, China, and uh, we've got three dynasties, and it says to think about government changes, social changes, and trade changes. Uh, so 
we're going to go through. I, I don't say this correct, so I apologize in advance for that. So the Zhao dynasty, uh, the main one of the main concepts they gave us was the mandate of heaven. Uh, this was shown or presented as a religious compact between the the people and their supreme god in heaven. Um, they, the Zhao rulers, uh, basically got their permission to rule uh, from the heavens, from the gods. All right. Um, now the thing about this is if you failed in your duty, okay, uh, that led in some instability because the people would suffer and if the people suffered, then they said, Hey, you've lost, you've lost the, the favor of the gods and you could be kicked out or overthrown. So, uh, that was one of the big things from them, uh, for the Kin and I, Kin, Kin, I probably say that in very, very much. And so incorrectly, and I apologize. Um, some of their big stuff was the, uh, architecture, uh, city walls uh, for defense um, and um, just some of the structures they built um, were huge and just very impressive and gave off this sense of authority. Um, things like the, the high towers, parts of the walls and then within the cities, uh, terraces and things like that. Uh, they also had a, a standardized writing system um, that went across the whole country. Uh, and this was a pretty huge deal. Okay. Uh, and then Confucianism, okay, is going to come out. We're going to talk about that later, I think. Uh, the Han, um, Han Dynasty is the third one. Um, that's considered the golden age in Chinese history. Uh, saw economic prosperity, uh, significant growth of money. All right. Science and technology kind of exploded during this time. Um, and, and some huge advances within it, uh, paper making, uh, ship rudders, negative numbers and math. Uh, don't get me started on math. Um, raised relief maps, hydraulics, um, astronomy, all kinds of stuff was, was kind of born during this time period or was advanced. And um, that was the big thing they did. All right. Number six, what was the Silk Road and where did it start? All right. The Silk Road uh, was the land routes connecting East and South uh, East Asia and Southeast Asia with South Asia, Persia, the Arabian Peninsula, uh, East Africa and Southern Europe. Uh, it derives its name from the lucrative trade in silk carried out along its length, beginning in the Han Dynasty in China. Now, it's important to remember that silk was one of the big things, but it's not the only thing. There's going to be a lot of stuff that trades uh, along the Silk Road. Uh, number seven, how did the Silk Road impact the economy of Asia and Europe? <coughs> Um, it is going to not only, you know, trade with goods, but also cultures and ideas and, and learning and, and things like that are also going to, uh, to, to go back and forth along the Silk Road languages, cultures, uh, religious beliefs, science stuff, all this kind of stuff. An idea is created and then people talk about it and traders hear about it as they go back to their home places. Just a lot of stuff there. Uh, commodity wise, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff was, was traded. Gunpowder um, made its way to Europe from China um, and things like that. Uh, paper and uh, other other things like that. All right. Uh, let's see. Number eight. OK. Eight is a weird one. It says how did Confucianism impact the following ideas? And you're given um, a table in the review. So uh, I'm going to go over the thing the define it and then the impact. All right. So the examination system is first off. Uh, this was some of the created uh, competitive examinations for recruiting officials. Uh, the impact of Confucianism was encouraged respect for authority. Okay. So you had to pass this exam. Uh, the exam was the authority. The people giving the exam was the authority. 
mandate of heaven we've already kind of talked about and that's the right to rule uh, come from the gods and the impact from confucianism is that uh you know he encouraged respect for the authority and so the obviously if you're getting your right to rule from the from the heavens from god that's the ultimate authority uh peasants they were the workers i think you probably should know that uh and the impact was that you should remain in your role and be the best peasant you can be so do the best you can you're not going to move out of this role uh so do the best you can there uh gender roles obviously men and versus women um the impact uh women were at the bottom of the confucianism um exemplary behavior and uh uncomplaining obedience was expected out of women during this time all righty uh merchants they were the traders and the sellers of items um they the impact uh, from uh, on Confucianism for them, uh, they were they kind of were tied to the lowest class because they didn't make their products a lot of times. They were only selling them, um, so it, it really wasn't they they weren't looked upon sort of like we see today with businessmen who sell stuff. Uh, they were more tied to the the lower end of the spectrum versus the higher end of the spectrum. Okay, and then the last part of this thing is the patriarchal family. That's male dominated, so the fathers, grandfathers, things like that. Uh, and it's the Confucianism concept of respect for the elders uh, and preserving the traditional role of the father as the primary leader. Okay, uh, all right. Number nine: How did the Chinese culture spread to Southeast Asia, Japan, and Korea? What caused this cultural diffusion? Uh, well, you know, the big thing was they shared borders with, with some of these places. China did with Korea and things like that. Uh, and then trade and travel uh, with other places. The cultural fusion comes with the fact that they live together. All right. So the, the Chinese uh, will, you know, live uh, in these areas um, and their culture just kind of spreads that way. So that's uh, what that is. Uh, number 10. How did advanced technology in Europe allow for more global exploration? What is the astrolabe? And how did this invention allow scientists to understand the world better? All right. So first off, the big thing is it helped explorers travel across seas. Uh, they were able to map the stars and, and follow the stars along their way. All right. Uh, the astrolabe is a um, a tool, okay, that navigators use to measure altitude. Uh, and I'm not going to get into all the technical specs of it, uh, but you can, can follow uh, the different uh items in the sky that you're following. Okay. Uh, you can identify stars and planets and things like that. All right. Uh, and this allowed the scientists to calculate the positions of the sun and some other stars and start to kind of get a layout of, um, of the, 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 the areas. Okay. Uh, number 11, compare and contrast the different government systems of the classical world. So, uh, there's another, um, box or table all right so let's run through that so the greek or uh, this, the origins of the, what kind of government who had the power so the greek polis polis um that was pretty much the typical structure in greek all right um and it was the the urban centers and they were usually surrounded uh, by uh, some kind of natural barrier like mountains or harbors or something like that uh and most city states started as an oligarchy then monarchy then became a democracy uh, the political power, most of them were dominated by a few aristocratic families uh, who held most of the important positions, um, citizens, the rich ones, uh, you have poor citizens, uh, but most of the time the, the richer, wealthy classes were the ones who, who were able to do what they wanted to. The Roman Republic, their origins, uh, they began when the Romans overthrew the Etruscan conquerors in 509, and then uh, <laughs> they did not want to go back to that, so they created the the republic. Okay, uh, and because of the monarchy, uh, the the they're going to create a 
mixed government, sort of like what we have today with the three branches. All right. Uh, the aristocrats were known as patricians. They had the highest positions of the government, usually, along with the, the consuls, uh, who were the leaders of the Roman Republic, a senate uh, composed of patricians. Uh, the lower class citizens, which were the plebeians, they didn't have much say. And then lastly, the Roman Empire. That began when Augustus Caesar became the first emperor of Rome uh, and the emperors who's going to have the power. OK, uh, 12. What are some differences between Athens and Sparta? In which polis did the women have more power and influence? Uh, so Sparta was ruled by two kings who ruled until they died or were forced out. Athens was ruled by um, a group who were elected annually. OK, uh, so that was the big difference. Um, Athens is kind of considered the birthplace of democracy. Uh, and then Sparta is where the women are going to have more power and influence. All right. The next 13. I'm going fast because I only have a couple. I only have a certain amount of time. So if I'm going too fast, I apologize. You can always pause it if you need to uh, identify the ideas and impact of important individuals and include. And you got three. You've got Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. All right, so Socrates, uh, he was morally, intellectually, and politically against the Athenians. Um, he um, didn't like certain aspects of the Athenian life, uh, and he'll eventually go on trial uh, because of this and be forced to drink hemlock and all that kind of stuff. But his beliefs, um, he believed that wisdom was the, the most important thing. Uh, deeds were a result of your level of intelligence or ignorance, okay? Um, he, uh, he never really wrote anything. So a lot of the stuff we have is secondhand. Okay. Um, Plato, uh, he believed that reality is an imperfect, imperfect reflection of a perfect ideal. Okay. Uh, he demonstrated the effect of his dual reality and the need for education in a, in a story he wrote, the allegory of the cave. All right. And then Aristotle, uh, he thought that the essence of an object existed with the thing itself. In this way, he also rejected the idea of a soul that existed outside of the physical body. He said he believed that human consciousness resided completely within the physical form. Socrates, you probably know him also from uh, the Socratic method, the Socratic question and things like that. All right. Uh, 14. How did Alexander the Great spread Greek and Hellenistic culture throughout the Mediterranean world uh, as he explored and conquered uh, his culture went with him? Okay. 15. What are some of the achievements of Julius Caesar when he was the dictator of ancient Rome? Uh, he did a bunch of stuff. Okay. Uh, so the calendar, all right, was a big thing. Uh, he, his greatest military achievement was uh, conquering Gaul. Um, he is going to grant full citizenship rights to people outside of Rome uh, because of a financial crisis, because of the civil wars. Um, he did a few things. He ordered that property must be accepted for repayment. All right. Um, at its pre-war value and reinstated a previous law which forbade the holding of more than 60,000 um, things in cash, whatever the money they used back then, uh, by one person. They also passed a law which placed restrictions on uh, uh, outlandish attire, funeral costs, and banquets. Okay. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, he allowed the, he, he settled veterans of his army. He distributed land to around 20,000 poor families. Uh, he did a lot of social stuff, okay? So a lot of things uh, socially to help out, uh, cancel some interest uh, payments. Uh, very, very popular uh, amongst the, the people of Rome. Uh, 16, what are some of the achievements of Augustus Caesar while he was in uh, emperor of Rome, ancient Rome? Uh, so he brought uh, a peace to Rome. There had been warfare throughout the Roman Republic for a long time, and he is going to... Um, to stop that, okay, it's called he's going to bring about the bring about the Pax Romana, the Roman peace, which is going to last from 27 BC to 180 AD, and uh, that was huge. Okay, um, he 
is going to have a renewal of, and repair of numerous temples across his empire, uh, which is going to help with the, uh, the worship of the gods, financial reforms. Uh, he is going to stop some taxation things um, and uh, going to create a, a Roman coin, which is used across the, uh, the country, uh, which is huge uh, building projects like the Roman road, the aqueducts and things like that. Um, and he created a, a firefighting force and some police units. Not like we know today, but he still got them out there. Uh, number 17, explain the roles of explorers and conquistadors. And there's a list of them with a the table. So first up, uh, Zinghi, right? He's going to explore Southeast Asia, India, and Africa. Uh, and he is going to trade uh, and make diplomatic relations. He actually brought back a lot of the diplomats to meet with the um, Chinese emperor, uh, along with some animals and things like that. Vasco da Gama, he is going to explore down the western coast of Africa, go around the, the southern tip, the Cape of Good Horn, uh, and make it all the way to India. All right. Uh, he is considered a hero. Um, because of, of this, he, he's one of the first ones to do that. Um, his big thing was finding an ocean trading route to India. All right. And this was what a lot of people think, thought could not be done. Uh, Columbus, uh, he landed on various Caribbean islands in his four trips. Now it's the Bahamas, um, Hispaniola. Uh, he also explored the Central and South American coasts. He's credited with the discovery of America. Ferdinand Magellan. Magellan sailed to West Africa and then to Brazil, where he searched the South Africa, South American coast for a strait that would take him to the Pacific. That was his goal, was to find a direct route there. Uh, eventually, he will make it around, and uh, he discovers what is known as the Strait of Magellan, and he's the first European to cross the Pacific Ocean. James Cook discovered and charted New Zealand and the Great Barrier Reef of Australia. Uh, and that's kind of what he found also. Uh, Samuel de Champlain, he explored in North America. Uh, he established the city of Quebec, uh, northern colony of New France, and mapped the Atlantic coast and the Great Lakes. Okay. Uh, all right. 18. How did Constantinople serve as a trading center in the Byzantine Empire? Uh, it was the it was strategically located right there in the middle, um, and it had you know oceans uh, and ports that could get to it along with land. So uh, as it's going to be called the Queen of the Cities because it's such an important route there. Uh, number 19, how did Constantinople serve as a religious center during the Byzantine Empire? A uh, very diverse group living in Byzantine. Uh, they saw themselves as Romans, as all kinds of different things, um, and multi-religions, multi-ethnicities there uh, are going to have all their, their cultures uh, in Byzantine, or in Constantinople, excuse me. Number 20, how does Theodora um, serve as a religious center during the Byzantine Empire. Um, she's going to um, um, help pass laws which prohibited the trafficking of young girls and change the existing laws impacting divorce to give more benefits to women. All right, I'm going to stop there and uh, finish up in this, with the next one. So there'll be two total podcasts. All right, guys, welcome to part two for the World History uh, Review. I'm picking up with question number 21. Once again, if you want to have the uh, review out, uh, it's on E-Class or have your paper copy in front of you. All right, number 21 says, what is the Ajay Sofa? Uh, this is a, um, a Christian a church, a cathedral, mosque. It was all kinds of things, okay? Uh, but its architecture was was really famous, uh, the, the dome. Um, and uh, it's now, I believe, like a museum or something like that. Uh, but just a, a huge cultural point. Um, and the, the 
the the building of it was was quite impressive. Uh, Twenty two. What is the significance of Justinian's Code? Uh, first off, what it was, Code of Laws, served as the foundation of some international law that's still used actually today for some of it. Uh, but Justinian uh, brought the code um, and created it for this this area, and um, you know brought some some order. Uh, Okay, 23, what is the Great Schism? Why did it happen? Uh, so first off, the East-West Schism, which is the Great Schism, um, happened in 1054 and was the break of uh, between the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Churches. And that's you know, where, where we're at. Why did it happen? Uh, religious reasons, but also political and social reasons uh, affected this. Uh, one of the big causes was the breakup of the Roman Empire because of that split. Uh, it led to some difference of opinions and uh, just the, the uh, whenever you split, the, the two sides started to move apart. OK, uh, language was another reason. Um, speak, speaking Latin versus Greek, uh, no one understood each other and uh, had some problems there. And then uh, it just, you know, the church separated because of these things. All right. Uh, Twenty four. What impact did jo Johannes Gutenberg's printer press have on Europe during the Renaissance? Um, invention of the movable type printing quickened the spread of knowledge, discoveries, and literacy in Renaissance Europe. The printing revolution also contributed mightily to the Protestant Reformation that split apart the Catholic Church. Basically, information was more readily available nowadays uh, for the uh, for everybody. Okay, uh, up to this point, the church was the ones that held on to the information. Now everybody has it. Uh, all right. So twenty five says to analyze the spread of the Mongol Empire and is broken into A, B, C, and D. So A, how did Genghis Khan expand his empire? Uh, unite, he, he united the nomads. The Mongols have been nomads and he united them and began to uh, take over different areas. Uh, as he would take over, he would leave some of uh, his officers in, in charge um, to keep control of the, the territory. Uh, B says, how did the Mongols interact with the Russians, China and the West? All right. So first up uh, is China. Um the Mongols were pretty violent in China, um, and you know I found one writing of it. Uh, the Mongols brought violence and destruction to all aspects of China's civilization. They were insensitive to Chinese cultural values, distrustful of Chinese influences, and inept heads of Chinese government. And uh, that's kind of how they were. Okay, they did get rid of the civil service examinations, uh, but other than that, it was kind of brutal. Uh, the Russians, <clears throat> the Russians. Uh, lived under Mongol rule for about two centuries, um, and they the Mongols would place vassal princes uh, in charge, uh, and but they were expected to pay tributes to the Mongols uh, to be allowed to rule their kingdoms. All right, and then the West, um, the Western missionaries uh, would come in, where they were the first ones to come in, but then traders, and the Mongols always liked to trade, so they were very receptive to it. Uh, so that was kind of more, uh, I don't want to say civil, but a better relationship than they had with the Russians and the Chinese. C says, how did the Mongols expand the Silk Road and did the Silk Road increase their trade? Um, the Silk Road flourished and expanded during this time, uh, as did the Mongols reach. Um, the, they, they opened up all kinds of new routes and new stuff was being traded. So, yes, it did uh, increase their trade. And then D, how did Marco Polo describe the Mongols in his writing? Uh, he described the great civilizations in Asia for the first time, uh, and a lot of people that come after Marco Polo are going to cite his writings of his explorations as the reasons they wanted to go out and explore. Uh, 26, describe the English Reformation and the role of Henry VIII and Elizabeth I. All right, um, so 
a series of events in the 16th century England by which the Church of England broke away from the authority of the Pope and the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, Henry VIII wanted to get rid of his first wife because she could not give him a male heir and uh, he could not get a divorce. So he broke away. Um, and then Elizabeth, um, her sister Mary had been Catholic and ruled like that. Uh, Elizabeth was Protestant and wanted to convert the, the country. Eventually, she was very tolerant, though, and uh, is going to kind of uh, make it to where you can do both. Alrighty. Uh, 27. Why did King Henry VIII want to split from the Catholic Church? We already said that. He wanted a divorce, and the Catholic Church would not grant him one. So he is going to split. Uh, 28. What were the three causes of the English, Re English Reformation? Uh, so a couple things. Decline of feudalism. The rise of nationalism. The rise of the common law, the invention of the printing press, and the spread of knowledge, uh, which you know kind of ties in with the increased circulation of the Bible, and more people could read, uh, and then the transmission of new knowledge. I know there's more than three, but that, that's some of the big ones there. Twenty-nine. Why did Elizabeth I want to restore Protestantism, the Protestant faith within England, uh, because the Pro Protestants had been persecuted under her sister, um, half sister, Queen Mary. OK, uh, 30. What were the effects of the Protestant three effects of the Protestant Reformation? Uh, modern democracy, capitalism, individualism, civil rights um, were some of the things that happened. Uh, the Protestant Reformation impacted every academic discipline, notably the social sciences. OK. Uh, all right. 31. Uh, we have to just talk about the Protestant ideas of John Calvin and Martin Luther. So John Calvin. Uh, he popularized the belief in the sovereignty of God in all areas of life, and his big thing was predestination, meaning God knows where you're going before you're even born. And then Martin Luther, uh, his central teachings was that the Bible was the central source of religious authority and that salvation is reached through faith, not deeds. OK, and that's one of the big things, because that's one of his big problems with the Catholic Church is they were selling uh, you know, basically get out of jail free cards for sins. Uh, 32, describe the travels of Mansa Musa throughout Northern Africa, Western Africa, and the Middle East. All right, so he is going to travel to the Muslim holy city of Mecca in 1324, and uh, he is going to take a huge caravan uh, along with him, and he's going to go all over these places, all right, traveling around. Uh, he was very wealthy, uh, and he's going to have a huge traveling party and uh, bring uh, lots of gold and uh, some other things through the, these places. Okay, I'm not going to go through all the places he goes. Uh, what two things did he spread throughout northern Africa or northern and western Africa? Uh, gold and then architecture and learning. All right, 34, explain the rise and fall of the Olmec, Mayan, Aztec, and Inca empires. So let's run through these. The Olmec, why they rose to power? Uh, because their agriculture was very successful, they were able to kind of sit and 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 that led to the growth in population, okay? And uh, then they started building cities around those places, and, and they, they did that. Uh, why did they fall? Well, uh, we think, there's not, we're not sure, a natural catastrophe hit, okay? Uh, scientists believe that they abandoned their cities um, after some kind of uh, maybe possibly an earthquake or something along those lines. Okay, Mayans, uh, the Mayans are also kind of shrouded in mystery. Uh, we think they settled in the Yucatan, or we know where they settled, but just why they settled, we think because of agriculture and farming. Um, and then once again, the decline is kind of uh, mysterious. Uh, they started to abandon their cities and the Toltec began to move in. All right. The Aztec, uh, they began with the fall of the Toltec Empire, the ones that took over for the, the Mayans. Uh, they 
are going to uh, establish their city, Tenochtitlan, um, and kind of settle in there. And then they're going to begin to spread throughout uh, Mexico. All right. Um, the, the, the decline uh, because of the, the uh, I don't say invasion, but the, the Spanish showed up and uh, they brought disease and also they had better weapons. Uh, and they're going to begin to wipe out the Aztec. Okay, diseases like smallpox are going to really wipe them out. Uh, the Inca, uh, they conquered a huge territory. Okay, using uh, alliances that they made, and um, they they were pretty good about establishing alliances and things like that. Uh, but then once again, they're going to be wiped out by the Spanish. Uh, Francisco Pizarro, okay, is going to come in with better weapons. And uh, also disease. All right. Now they did trick the Inca into meeting with them, and they end up killing the the, the leadership. Okay. Uh, let's see. Thirty-five. Compare and contrast Judea, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Okay. First off, they all believe in one God, uh, but they have different beliefs from there. All right. Christians believe in Jesus. The other two do not. All right. Uh, Muslims believe in Muhammad as the prophet. Uh, Judaism don't does not believe in. Uh, what you call it in Jesus. Okay, so just believe in the same God, but they believe different things about that God. <clears throat> 36. Uh, how did Christ, the Christian church influence medieval society? Um, well, the church was the center. Okay, uh, the, the church leadership was heavily involved in the politics with the kings and the leaders. Um, the, the church was the center of the manners and places like that. They provided learning opportunities and, and, and all kinds of items like that. So uh, just a huge part of, of medieval life. Uh, describe the impact of the Crusades on the Islamic world and Europe. Okay, the Islamic world impacts of the Crusades. So in the short term, it was kind of brutal uh, because of just the fighting that took place, and it took place in the Middle East, Okay, going after Jerusalem and places like that. Um, the, the overall, okay, uh, like the, the bigger picture uh, was more trade uh, in, in things like that and uh, ideas and, and the flow of, of culture and, and things like that between the two. But there's still, you know, the Crusades, there's still this kind of lasting animosity between uh, the Christians and the Muslims because of the Crusades, even though it happened so long ago. Uh, Christian world impacts of the Crusades, okay, um, increase the authority of the king because the Pope is going to lose power because the, the Crusades were a failure for the most part. So the king is going to gain power. Uh, Europeans learn things from the Muslims. That's that, that transfusion of, um, of ideas and, and uh, things like that. And then trade is going to increase uh, during this time. Okay. Uh, all right. 38 is a big giant uh, table. Compare the culture of the Americans, include uh, the Americas, including government, economy, religion, social structure, technology, and arts, the Mayans, Aztec, and Incas. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through government, Mayan, Aztec, Incas, religion, so on and so forth. All righty. Uh, so for the government of the Mayans, um, hierarchical ruled by a king. The Aztec and the Incas both were ruled by monarchs. Okay. Uh, religion, all three of them were uh, poly where they believe in multiple gods, the Mayans, uh, nature-based, the Aztec included human sacrifices, okay? Um, social structure, uh, they were all kind of rigidly defined into different social classes. Uh, the Mayans had a couple, the Aztec had eight different social classes, the Incas had four. Technology, uh, the Mayans, uh, civil engineering and things like that. Uh, the Aztec, they developed stuff out of obsidian, which is a volcanic glass. Uh, the Incas, they had stuff like stone cutting uh, and 
different things for agriculture that they used. Uh, art, okay, uh, for the Mayans, stone structures, lots of stone structures, wood, uh, wood carvers, things like that. For the Aztec, music, poetry, all right, uh, the Incas, metalwork, ceramics, textiles, okay. The economy, it's really all based around agriculture. Uh, the Mayan really kind of kept it themselves. They traded within the, the empire. Uh, the Aztec was agriculture, but also trade with other places. Uh, and then the Incas was agriculture, and they had a centrally planned uh, economic center. Okay. All right. Last little bit for this one. 39, explain the reasons for the split between the Sunni and the Shy Muslims. Uh, that was the dispute over who should be, who should succeed the Prophet Muhammad as leader of the Islamic faith. Okay. Uh, one said, hey, it should be uh, someone from Muhammad. The other said, we should elect someone. Number 40, how did the, Mar I can't say it correctly, the Mara Empire rise to power? Uh, it was founded by Shandagrupta. All right. Uh, he had overthrown the dynasty before that, and he had expanded his power by uh, expanding over central and western India, okay, uh, because of some uh, different things that had happened because Alexander the Great's army had come through. So he took advantage of that stuff. Uh, 41, name three things, events that led to the fall of the uh, Mariah Empire. Okay. Uh, the religious policy of Ashaka, uh, huge expenditures on the army and bureaucracy. Uh, oppressive rule in the provinces, and then the neglect of the Northwest frontier. Those are the big things. 42, why was India in its golden age under Emperor Guta? Uh, because it was marked by extensive inventions and discoveries in science, technology, engineering, art, literature, logic, mathematics, astronomy, religion, and philosophy. Okay, a lot of stuff going on there, but uh, that's why. Okay, 43, what did Emperor Ashoka achieve as the leader of India? Um, he is going to expand Chandragupta's empire to reign over a realm stretching from what we know today as uh, Afghanistan in the west to Bangladesh in the east. Uh, and he is going to conquer quite a bit of land. 44, what social, political, and economic ideas led, or uh, it's a weirdly worded thing, uh, contributed to the rise of Machiavelli society, Machiavellian society in Florence? Okay, so his was an examination of the role of morality in society, which laid out the field of political science and the ideas known as classical realism. Uh, this contributed to the thoughts of thinkers throughout the Renaissance and continues to be relevant today. Last two, 45, what is the Counter-Reformation? Uh, it's also called the Catholic Reformation or the Catholic Revival and was the period of Catholic resurgence that was initiated in response to the Protestant Reformation. And then lastly, the Council of Trent. What was it? Uh, this was the formal Catholic reply to the Challenges of the Protestant Reformation, it served to define Catholic doctrine and made sweeping decrees on self-reform, helping to revitalize the Roman Catholic Church in the face of the Protestant expansion. All right, so that is it. If you have questions, my group, you don't take this thing until uh, Friday. So if you have questions, feel free to swing by or shoot me an email uh, or hit me up on the remind or however you want to find me, get a hold of me. Uh, but that is the review. Best of luck on all your other final exams as you take them, and I will see you uh, in class pretty soon. All right, bye-bye.